0: Fed hikes are done and stocks will rise this year. Did you hear me? Fed is gonna stop raising rates and stocks are gonna rise this year. Who said this? It's PTJ. PTJ? As a hint. Oh. AK, I think it's one of Teddy Bear's favorites. It's Paul Tudor Jones. Ah, yeah. He's a famous billionaire hedge fund, did a lot. Has done really well over time. Had a few missteps over the years, but he's really nailed a few. Uh, Anyway, he's saying that that we're going to be higher at the end of the year. And then can banks meet the needs of the people and the Fed and the government? Can can the banks meet the needs of the government and the people? There's an article on the show notes about that. You can read it. And then homage to the grave dancer, Shmuel Zyla I probably butchered that, (laughs) but you know him as Sam Zell. Ah. So Sam Zell, the famous billionaire, at one point he was the biggest real estate owner in the United States until he sold to Blackstone his big real estate portfolio and tried to do the Chicago Tribune. That was one of his things that did not work out, but that article is on the show notes. He's got a great story from rags to riches his parents were Polish Jewish immigrants that just barely escaped the Nazis and came way via Japan to the United States anyway that's an interesting story you can read about that and folks i am so tired of talking about the the banks and real estate and and the fact that the big, the small regional banks are still in trouble this banking crisis is not over and even A lot of articles are coming out from periodicals from everywhere now starting to talk about this. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. There's a good article about that if you want to read it. The topic of the day is going to be AI, artificial intelligence. Now, whether you love it or hate it, if you think it's gonna be like the ter- Terminator scenario, like Elon Musk is warning that if it gets out of hand, it could destroy humanity, or you think it's gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread and make us even more efficient than we already are, um, it doesn't really matter. Some people don't like AI, they think it's too intrusive. And I don't, it doesn't matter what what your personal flavor is for AI. The main thing is, It's going to, it doesn't matter whether you care about AI, AI cares about your portfolio. Your portfolio is going to be affected and you better pay attention because if you don't, there's going to be some stocks that get slaughtered. I'm not talking about five or 10%. I'm talking about 50, 60, 80% or bankrupt. And it'll happen very quickly. On the other hand, on the flip side, the companies that embrace AI are getting huge positive results. Hell, if you just have AI in the name. You could open up a taco shack and call it AI Tacos, and I bet that stock goes up. Anyway, (laughs) so uh, let's talk about that. But by the way, before I start, folks, we're doing a a early edition, Your Money Radio, abbreviated edition. Uh, My daughter Sydney Stewart, congratulations, Sydney is graduating (laughs) from high school. My youngest, and we're gonna, and I'm going to their graduation luncheon about eleven thirty. So we're, but also Jay Powell speaks at eleven. Central ten, I mean ten Central, eleven um, Eastern, and so that's coming up in about an hour. We're starting to show about nine o'clock uh, Central time, little ten after. So uh, we want to get get through this, but but the the reason AI is hey, so hey Dan yeah
1: Dan before you start I got I want to piggyback on two of the comments that you made already. We got another graduation today. Oh yeah, our little Teddy bull.
0: Uh do you do you have a picture yet? We need to get pictures. We got that one of Connor. But we need to get one of uh, uh, Teddy Bear, and then we'll put them next to each other.
1: No, Teddy Bull. He's not a bear.
0: Oh, Teddy Bull. Te- well, Teddy bull. his nickname is Teddy, Teddy Bear, but you're right. He's a bull now. He's, he likes them with the, the mark. No,
1: his nickname is Teddy Bull. Is Teddy bull. Oh, okay. I'm the official giver of nicknames around here. Oh, and you call him
0: Teddy <laughs> okay. Bull. No, okay, I'm sorry. Teddy I thought bull. it was Teddy yes. Bear. Okay. Okay i, I no, guess in terrible. our industry i guess in our industry that does have a negative connotation a little bit daddy bear. Yes. Yeah. it's not like thing. the warm fuzzy bear that your three-year-old hugs when she goes to sleep now all right
1: you so, and you mentioned paul tudor jones there's another hedge fund legend that got very bullish this week stevie cohen
0: oh no, no. stevie cohen what's his new hedge yep. isn't uh what is it called
1: it's it's a it's a pro, it's just a family Seven. office now because he had a he had a few uh insider trading issues a couple of years back. Uh you mean he was insider so he, trading against whoops. yes that's
0: it's exactly <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. Well, he should have, yeah, been, he should have been in an orange jump shoot and done a perp walk. But, oh, I mean, okay, until we well, see some people go to jail, they, they got, he's, he's greased too many politicians' wheels. They're not going to do anything.
1: And yet. there's a lot of other people you can pick on besides Stevie Cohen. Oh, anyway, hey, hey, he hey owns, I am he an equal opportunity
0: Met. abuser. I mean, let's yes, throw a lot okay. of people in there. I think Warren Buffett gets some pretty good information, too. I don't care whether it's fundamentals, technicals, or both. The big players, they get access. Access is important. Am I jaded? Okay. Maybe. So anyway, now let's get back to the markets because we got to give, we got to take what they give us. So AI, whether you like it or hate it, it just doesn't matter. So let me give you an example. And the guys can talk about others, but, um, There's an article that I put on the show notes, and it talks about uh, ChatGPT claimed its first casualty. Chegg, ticker CHGG, is the online tutoring and textbook rentals, and they charge by subscriptions. And from 2016 to 2022, they grew from 1.5 million to 8.2 million subscriptions. It's for tutoring in school. My daughter had a subscription. She used it. We traded that stock a couple different times a couple years ago. It was a leading stock. It was a strong stock. Guess what? Overnight, their business became obsolete. They their shares fell off a cliff. They're down over seventy percent since November, and they had a one day drop of forty seven percent. They lost half their value in a day. Okay, and these and per per Reuters said the cost of uh, students using Chat GPT for homework, zero. It's free, and so Chag is now now you've got an AI tutor that can actually Teach you, right? And not only that, it's going to disrupt the whole entire educational system. Um, but now, let's talk about a new uh, stock, a, a different stock that did just the opposite. So you had Duolingo, Duolingo probably. D U O L is a ticker, and it's so far it's been it's now the world's most downloaded educational app. And in February, they revealed that they had integrated Chat GPT in their AI tutoring for their language. Guess what? That stock jumped 22 percent the day of the announcement, and it was. This is an article a couple of days. ago. It, it hit his 52-week high a little while ago. It was hitting hitting highs, and so that one and now. They had so much success that they actually had two more new apps that they came out with, one for third-grade math and one for literacy. So they're just, they're just getting getting on it, and they, and they said they are going to expand their AI offerings. And by the way, folks, with homeschooling really growing, whether you're against it or for it, really growing, this is going to make it much easier for parents and these homeschool communities to be able to use AI to help with the education. So anyway, those things are gonna happen across every industry. There are gonna be some big blue chips that were cash cows that just have a, a nice dividend stock to just pay whatever. And their business model is gonna be obsolete because AI, if they don't incorporate AI and use it. And so they're, and, and, and by the way, you know how technology accelerates at an accelerating rate, it's not arithmetic. It's exponential. It goes quicker and quicker. This AI is accelerating that speed, and you're going to see casualties happen very quickly. So if you're not paying attention, and how are you going to know? Well, we'll talk to Don about that, but basically price and volume is going to give you your best hint beforehand because some of these companies like that, that stock that just said, oh, we, we're, we're integrating AI, it pops that very same day. When the CEO of Chag came out and said, we're struggling, and this uh, AI uh, tutoring is really d- d- putting a dent in our business model, he made those comments. That drop, stop, drop, uh, stock dropped almost half in one day. So the point being is whether you like AI or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to affect your portfolio and your life. And if you're not paying attention, you could get run over. If you are paying attention, you could benefit. You could avoid the losers and, and, and try to pick the winners. You're not going to be right every time. Nobody is. But at least you got a fighting chance where if you just blindly hope that your company that you invest in is doing the right thing, if they don't, if they don't incorporate this, uh, they could be one of the casualties. So with that, let's go to Don and the boys and talk about the markets and what's going on in the markets, Don.
3: Very
1: good, Daniel. So we've been talking uh, about this tightens that we've been in on the S&P 500. And when I say we've been talking about, I'm really referring to our nightly videos. If you're not uh, listening to them, you're you're getting a summary in the podcast. But if you want the details, you got to listen to uh, the nightly videos. But I did draw these lines last week. And I'm going to draw these lines again about the range that we were in, basically uh, 41.50ish. to the upside 4,100 to the downside. And we cleanly broke out of that this week uh, on optimism about uh, the uh, debt ceiling. So some harsh words came out after the close on Tuesday about the debt ceiling, but then uh, after hours and the next day in the morning, there were some uh, get along comments from, uh, McCarthy, House Majority Leader, and Biden. And they both said at the end of the day, they didn't expect to see a default. They had made some progress. So the market rallied on that. The Market rallied on a lot of things. The question is, could it be sustained? So we rallied Wednesday. We had a follow-up rally on Thursday and we're adding to that on Friday. And Dan, the bears don't like it even a little bit. There is uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth by the bears all over the Twitterverse. Uh, in disbelief that the market's going higher oh it's only a handful of stocks well these handful of stocks if you're not invested in them and you're not taking advantage of what the indexes are doing you're you're getting left behind so you can either pay attention to price and volume or you can have a wrong thesis if you're a bear and the bulls have one right now and uh Any pullback needs to hold 4150. We're at 4207, as we say this on the S&P 500. As long as we stay above 4150, this breakout is intact. Uh, We got above 4200, which was another key resistance level. And um, if the bulls are running, don't argue with the bull. Don't argue with price and volume. And it's telling us right now uh, that the market's going higher. And there's a lot of money on the sidelines, especially money that has uh went from gone from savings accounts and money market at banks into treasuries uh if if the market starts to take off even more to the upside that money's got to go somewhere cash always goes to where it's treated best so there's a lot of money on the sidelines a lot of disbelieving bears they used to say that uh the prior bear market after 2009 was the most hated bull market in history this uh is very close to the second most hated Uh, But the Fed at this point is at least under control. There's at least a light at the end of the tunnel of stopping the interest rate raises. And the markets have spoken and have broken out to the upside. And the Dow mid caps and small caps have a lot of catch up to play. And uh, this is good news for the bulls. Uh, Keep abreast of what's going on with the markets by listening to the podcast or uh, this podcast every once a week on the weekends and the nightly videos. And uh, that's where we stand right now. And uh, barring evidence to the contrary, we're adding exposure to the market.
0: You know, what's funny, Don, is when is, is when the market goes, the perma bulls, when the market goes down, they go, oh, it's a normal pullback or buy the dip or the market always comes back, right? But when the market goes up, the perma bulls bears start pulling their hair out and they get all frustrated and they start screaming, this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening like it or not. And by the way, the perma bulls, they're okay until you have for a correction or a pullback. But once you get that bear market, where you lose 25, 30%, 30, that's where they finally say uncle. And that's where you get the weak hands and the turnover. So the perma bears generally stay in the game a little bit longer than the perma bulls. And part of that is the margin interest. It costs more to be short than it does long. So anyway, sorry, Don, go ahead.
1: You've also, um, you've also got the, the macro people, a, a lot of them pointing to, well, the economy is gonna get worse. We've got a recession coming in uh, Q2 or Q3 or Q4. The Atlanta Fed GDP just upped its uh, Q2 uh, projections on GDP. So they're not seeing They're not seeing the hard landing scenario that everybody has been so concerned about. Now we could be wrong. This could be a failed breakout, and if it is, we'll uh, we're not going to be stubborn and stick to it. We follow price and volume in. But as of right now, we've broken out and we're following up higher on the third day, um, and positioning accordingly.
0: So, well, if if, if Don Don real quick before you go on that point, if we have a fall if we have a follow through today today and we close higher for the week Friday. Is Monday going to be one of the IBD four-day follow-through, the canceling four-day follow-through days?
1: No, because we never got into a correction. We've been in a consolidation. Okay, okay. So I just wanted to clarify that the for initial, the IBD
0: people. Right, okay.
1: Yeah, the initial follow-through was back on March 29th, and then we made some progress, went sideways, uh, and now we're breaking out of that sideways uh, consolidation. But the initial move up here was on uh, March 29th. That was the first follow-through day got us... Uh, above the 50 day moving average and we haven't broken it since and put some distance between, uh, the index and the 200 day moving average also. So, uh, fo- just following the trend, which is what we do here. Yeah, so you got a little
0: bit of a buffer for the big institutional money that, that plays around the 200 day moving average.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. All right. How about if we go to Mike first? Michael, okay. what do you got for us this week? Everybody,
3: do you guys hear me? Yes, Yes. we can hear you. All right, so I was just going to follow up on the uh, on the conversation about AI and just um, talk about it sort of in relation um, to financial services and and a few things I've noticed and sort of my thoughts uh, going forward. And basically, from my experience, the most important factor in investment management and financial planning is trust. And trust is something that's earned and it's the result of consistency competency, integrity, and reliability. And the problem I have and see with AI and suspect others will, that are clients to financial services, to the financial services industry is that it's unreliable, inconsistent, and lacks intuition until you can reliably get answers a hundred percent of the time, the same way that self-driving cars are not going to be approved and and people aren't going to accept them until they're they're already better than humans but until they don't create any errors they, they can't fully be trusted and in terms of the intuition an example i like to go back to that um allows me to think about this pretty pretty clearly is if you think about a therapist for example a therapist with their patient if the patient tells them oh i'm feeling great today everything's fine and the therapist can tell that through their intuition, their experience, and their their practice, their experts in the field, they can tell that the patient is lying to them. They'll say, Are you sure about that? I your your body language, the feedback, the discussions we've had in the past don't really explain this. They're, they're not consistent. And that's only something that that a human can do because an AI therapist, if the patient is telling them, Oh, I'm fine, I'm I'm good, everything's okay, they're gonna take that as, as a matter of fact, and, and make a diagnosis based on, on the information they're receiving, they don't have the intuition to see through that. So that's something that, that then uh, relates to different industries and in financial services. For example, you you need, you need intuition and, and, um, that, that ability to, to interact as a human. And something else I think about too, is whenever I call a business and I'm in a, a robot answers and it's, a uh, an automated service or <laughs> something where I can put in some numbers and, and, um, get be guided by a robot. I immediately, I, I don't even entertain it. I, I just, I, I've had such bad experiences with it. I hate it. I think everyone hates it. And I just want to talk to a person because people have, humans have empathy, uh, they're relatable, they can understand your issues sometimes it may not fit in directly with the protocol but they can understand your specific situation and help you out and a robot just can't do that and until they're fully able to do that it's not something i want to deal with when i have questions about my portfolio or i'm looking for for an asset manager i don't i don't want to just have a robot tell me what they're doing and and not be able to um um relate to them and and be able to to speak to a person so those are kind of my thoughts about AI currently that may change I believe we're far from that and even if it does change I don't know how much people are going to want to deal with robots forever but um or permanently but but yeah so so that that's kind of my thoughts at the moment of, of AI um specifically in in our industry
0: well yeah so I I would like to uh, piggyback on that a little bit so in the so what right now the AI Apparently can't have intuition or like but but supposedly it's supposed to be able to learn and self-teach and so the intuition may come later that's really the kind of scary part and that's the thing that Elon Musk was saying what if they it can actually start thinking now what Michael also was saying in the in the investment running the portfolio he doesn't quite trust AI yet but we use AI in the back office for admin like like when you're opening up accounts and pre-populating certain things and, and doing certain functions. that's more admin. It's not quite uh, in the portfolio management itself, although there are certain screening and certain things you can do to make it quicker and more efficient. But as far as interpreting the data, we're not quite there yet, but it, it could be coming pretty soon. So anyway, any industry you're in, think about it and see what the developments are and see what they they can do all right Don
1: Connor what do you got for us this week yeah
2: yeah so uh, today I wanted to talk about a, a certain industry group that that has been acting well this is the uh, computer software enterprise industry group and I've been seeing a lot of names in this um, in this group starting to break out it's the number nine ranked industry group right now and just three months ago it was the 77th And something we talked about with the team is, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to just buy stocks in the number one industry group, because at that point, once they get to number one, then a lot of stocks are likely extended and, um, and the move might be over. So, so what we, what we're doing here is, and what we're trying to do is find, you know, the industry groups that, that are creeping up, but also a lot of stocks, leading stocks are setting up in clean bases and. And that's something I've been seeing in this industry group. If, if you pull up uh, a chart of Snowflake, this is one that's put in a ton of institutional support. It based around those lows for quite some time, and and now it's trying to stage a move over that one eighty spot. Um, it's pulling back today, but you know that's it is coming off the bottom. But when you look at that chart, you can just see a ton of failed breakdowns lower which tells you some people are building positions. They like the stock. Um, and yeah, on the weekly, it looks awesome as well. Another one is uh, Service NOW. This one broke above the 500 level this week, has had some great momentum and, and volume. Um, and, and just like another one, this is strong support. You see it retested the 200 day moving average. And shot right back up. So this is a step in the right direction, and what you know, what we'll look for moving forward is if if these stocks can uh, form other bases to move higher. Um, and you know, everyone talks about the the narrow participation from stocks in this market right now, but if we start to see some of these growth growth type sectors names start to really act well, that could be another uh, great step in the in the right direction. So. Just wanted to highlight this uh, industry group and and a uh, group that I've been watching and seeing some some nice moves from names in this space. You
1: you made a very good point at the beginning uh, about we're looking for industry groups that are starting to move up. And if you compare the charts of Snow and CRM, they look a thousand percent better than this chart of the overall software enterprise group, which is just starting to come off the bottom. So. Uh, A good, a a very sound approach is looking for groups that are just starting to improve because uh, obviously the group is going to contain leaders and laggards and starting to see the improvement in the group leads you to the leaders in that group and uh, Snow with a much better uh, right side of its base and same thing with CRM, much better right side of its, or uh, now much better uh, right side of its base and CRM does also. Uh, a third one that you didn't mention, but uh one I've been keeping an eye on here too much better uh than the overall group itself so by the time this group gets to number one, these stocks have already made their move so uh that's something we're always keeping an eye out on uh and some it's some uh some ways we differ from what uh the traditional teachings of um IBD are they always say to focus on the top industry groups. We want to focus on those industry groups as they're making their way to the top, not once they get there. Good stuff, Connor and a very don, don, uh, don, don, let me, let
0: me, let me clarify. I want to jump up. what you just said is a gold nugget. Is It's it's absolutely important. I want to make sure people understand that. So with that, can Slim IBD methodology, they kind of. A lot of times they tell you to focus on the top 50 subgroups because that's where the institutional money is. In other words, you can't have mutual funds, hedge funds, pension funds not in a stock and it be in the top 50. To be in the top 50 subgroups, it, it, you've got to have institutional ownership. Well, it's not the top 50 that's so I'd rather have a company that is 70 group. It was 130 three weeks ago and a week ago it was 90 and now it's 70 and it's moving up. It's breaking into the top 50 versus a uh, a, uh, a, a company that's in the 30 subgroup, but was five three weeks ago and then it was 20 and now it's 30 and big money is moving out of that group. So you want it's really the kind of the moving at the weekly at the move where the jockeying of those subgroups back and forth. And what Don is saying is if you find a subgroup that's moving up the ranks, then you can go in that subgroup and you can find more future leaders that haven't quite broken out yet. In other words, once you get to the top 10 or the top five or even number one, all those stocks have already broken out, including so if you find a group that's moving up, sure, it'll have one or two that have already started to break out and are probably extended, but you'll have a lot more opportunities there. So you get in a little bit earlier. It, it, it really works well. All right, Don, go ahead.
1: That's it for uh, for the week. Um, what we're going to be following next week is watching these breakout levels on the S&P 500. Let me quickly show uh, the charts of mid-caps, MDY. Uh, They poked their head above the 200-day moving average yesterday, as well as the 21 and the 50. So we're trying to see if we can stay above those key moving averages. And of course, small caps have been much maligned because of the regional banks. They poked their head above the 50 and the 21-day moving average, still have the 200-day overhead. Uh, The damage done to the bank sector, KRE, Regional Bank Sector, this isn't going to be uh, fixed at any time soon. But if we just ask for it to stop going down or at least show a little bit of relative strength, that will not only help price and volume action in the market, it will also be a psychological uh, lift to what's going on if you can uh, put the, these regional banking fears by the wayside. So that wraps it from the, uh, from the technical end for this week. Dan, let's uh, get back to you to wrap it up.
0: All right, listen, folks. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor, just send them to revereasset.com. They can go up in the right hand corner and there's a subscribe button. They can just put their email address in and their name, and we're not going to spam them or reach out to them. It's up to them to reach out to us and and let us know that they want to talk about a star. well, they can follow our this they'll get this podcast directly in their inbox uh, on Saturday morning. If you go to YouTube though and you search Revere Asset. Just Revere Asset and subscribe. You'll get this as soon as Zach posts it, about an hour after we actually recorded. So you'll get this a couple hours before the market close on Friday. Also, you'll get our daily market insight videos. Don does one every night. The market is open. It's short 10, 50, Actually, was pretty inspired last night. It was longer. But normally, it's about 10 minutes. And it tells you what were the, the short-term, mid-term, long. He's shaking his head because it's always longer it's never than 10, 10 minutes. minutes
1: man. You can say that, <laughs> but I can't <laughs> ever get it. I str- Struggle to get below 15 I, I, minutes, I know
0: you do. I know he's actually very thorough, but he also goes over short term, midterm, long term strength and weakness of the markets, the time frames. And then he also goes over individual stocks that we're looking at and even some trades we've done. I mean, we're the most transparent advisor that I know of. We actually tell you a lot of stuff we're doing is the same night, the same day. Um, um, and, and and you can email any of us at Don at RevereAsset.com, Dan at RevereAsset.com, Ted, Michael, or Connor at RevereAsset.com. And you can always call us old school at 855-REAL-WEALTH. Congratulations to all the graduates. Be safe and we'll talk to you next week on your money.
1: Because it's not how much you make in the markets, it's how much of that you can keep.